0: That's awesome, Pastor. God's creating opportunities. Hey, and see, He's already begun. Do we see it? God's already doing something. I hear people say, "God's moving." God's moving. Yeah, what are we doing about it? What are we doing with that move of God? Are we moving with Him? Yeah. Look, before I preach, actually, before I preach, I'd just like to do one thing. Could I, Yakul? Could, could I ask you to come, come forward, please? Yakul, can you can you come up front, please? I don't know if any of you know Yako, but um, this is a young student, hey, come on up, this is a young student that's Mataka, um, and you know, one thing, you're heading back, heading back from here soon, yeah, okay, so we just wanted to, to honour you, we wanted to honour you, you might have seen her running around, running around serving, running around serving in that. Man, just quietly, unassuming, just going about your business and serving, and that's the heart of God, you know, and what I feel God wants to do is honour you, and he wants you to know that he didn't miss what you were doing, and why you were doing it, eh? You know, your heart. Well, like, you've been a really big example to us, man, around servanthood, and around how to work, and how to work uh, happy, how to just, eh, how to do it out of joy, you know, and it's been a really good example, so we wanted to pray for you, but did you want to say something first, Taka?
1: Yeah. Yaku, gra- well, graduated? Did you graduate? No. She came to New Zealand th- three years ago and uh, spent time at the Kavri College. Then she went home and graduated um, well, high school in Japan. Then uh, she's actually a uni student. And a part of her credit, she actually have to do volunteer or internship. So she contacted me. And we got the blessing. Mm. She's a mm. hard worker and yeah. you know self motivated. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have to tell her anything; just she just go for it. Uh, we have been really blessed. You might not mm. realize. She's yeah. doing uh, dishes every week, mm. and I save him time. She was running around, <laughs> yeah. but uh, we've noticed how hard yeah. she worked.
0: Yeah, and, uh, yeah.
1: We just want to bless her. Yeah, 100%. And she's going home on 13th. Yeah, so this is the last time.
0: Mm. Yeah. Anyway. But no, no, awesome. And look, we really appreciate everything you've done and everything you've done for God. You know, and like I see, God doesn't miss that. He sees that and he sees your heart. Hey. So thank you, Father God. Lord, I just thank you for Yako, Father God. Lord, I thank you for the time that she's had here. And not just what she's imparted here, Father God, Lord, but what you have imparted in her. I thank you, Lord, that your spirit rests on her, Father God, Lord. Your spirit, Father God, Lord, speaks to her, Lord God, and calls to her and draws her, Father God, Lord, so that she gets to know you as a real living father, as an awesome, loving God, Father. So I thank you for everything that's been done, Lord God, and I thank you, Lord, that this is a beginning, Father God, Lord. You've begun something in her life, Father God, Lord, and I thank you that she carries your presence everywhere she goes, And that she knows, Father God, Lord, that she is worthy, that she is loved. Lord God, that you have a plan and a purpose for her life. Lord, that you give her a passion. Lord God, that you reveal to her the things that you've got in store for her, Father God, Lord. So we thank you for the blessing of having her here, Father God, Lord. We thank you, Father God, Lord, for your blessing, favor, and protection over here as she travels, Father God, Lord. And we call her blessed. In Jesus' name, we all said? Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Yaku. I, I would. Go, you want to say something? Or?
1: I cannot speak English well, but you guys are very kind to me. Thank you very much.
0: Mm, awesome. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah, thank you, Yakul. Yeah. I know sometimes it's uncomfortable for people coming up the front and getting, you know... Not me. I love it. I love it. I self-provoke myself all the time. That's awesome. Cool. I'm just going to move this uh, over here a little bit. Cool. Right. We're ready? Okay. I want to speak on a word today, and and the the message is called truth. Simple. It's the truth. The whole truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. Isn't it funny, eh, that in a judicial system that God's word is still the highest authority that you can swear on? God's word still holds the highest authority in justice. Not so much in the running of the system. (laughs) Yeah, but definitely. So Lord, I just thank you, Father God, Lord, for your truth. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that there's truths that you want to reveal to us, Father God, Lord. Different levels, different layers, Father God, Lord, as you open our eyes to the goodness of you Father God I thank you Father God Lord that you continue to speak through your word and through your spirit Father God Lord to our spirits Lord, I thank you that you're stirring our hearts Father God Lord yeah you, you, you're calling drawing on us Father God Lord and I thank you right now Father for everything that you have in store and I thank you for revelation from your word that comes through your spirit and the people receive and be blessed in Jesus name we all said. Amen. You guys are getting good at that, eh? The amen thing, you're getting really good at that. Want well, to start off talking about weather. Cold, eh? Yeah, cold, eh? Cold. It's funny, though, with weather because we, it's a real topic, eh? Have you noticed that? That everyone will talk about weather at some stage. When you start seeing people, oh, it's hot, eh? Oh, it's cold, eh? And, you know, it's really funny because I think there's only a little tiny window of where the weather's perfect, And you don't go, it's too hot or it's too cold. And just sits in the middle there, eh? But it's funny because the weather is, you know, and I've been looking at the weather lately, you know, up north with all the floods, all the slips, all the crazy weather. That happened through summer. That happened through summer. That happened in the east coast, which is dry as a bone. You go up there, eh, Graham? You go up there, you don't see any grass. It's all brown. It's, you know, it's hot. It's humid. And yet they were getting flooded. Absolutely flooded. It was crazy. And you know, we use those in the physical, you know, the winter, the summer, spring, autumn. We use them as a gauge. To gauge the seasons of what we're you know, what, what, what stage we're in of the year? Are we in winter? Are we in summer? We use these to gauge the seasons. In Matthew sixteen, one to four, it says, Then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, see, they were the religious people of the time. See what I'm gonna do? I'm going to come down here. Yeah, stop crying, Gordon. (laughs) Word's not that bad. Yeah, I'm coming down here, man. Oh, look at that. That's better. And see you guys. Okay, so it says, then the Pharisees and the Sadducees, now they were the religious people at the time. They were the ones that were actually meant to be onto it and know the Bible and know everything, and they were the ones that actually, you know, talked to God. Well, they had some, uh, sorry, they had some power in those days around it, okay? And it said the Sadducees came and testing him. The religious people of those days always wanted to test Jesus. They always came at him trying to accuse him of something or trying to create doubt around what he was actually doing. And then Jesus turned around to them and he said, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Do you remember that growing up? Red at night, shepherd's delight or sailor's delight. Red in the morning, shepherd's warning. Hey, I used to do that all the time. At night I'd see the red sunset and I'd go, cool, it's going to be a nice day tomorrow. Or wake up in the morning, I'd see it, ooh, ooh, watch out, it's going to be nice. And Jesus turns around and says to them, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign. And no sign shall be given to it except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. No sign will be given. You know, the thing about it is that what he's saying there is you can sense physical things. You can sense the times and the urgencies of, of the physical weather, but you can't discern the spirit. You can't discern what's going on spiritually. That's the gap that he's trying to point out there. And you think about it, everyone seeks a sign. We're not going to get a sign. Says in the Bible. Says in the Bible, no man knows when the Father's coming except for him. We just got to be ready as if he's coming now. We've got to be ready as if he's coming coming now, tonight. You know, and they seek a sign. It's funny, we live in a generation, I believe, these days that there's been a real awakening. There's an awakening happening in our world. There's a stirring that's happening in our young men in particular, who have seen how short the world is falling. Seen how false it is, Seen how fake it is, Seen how it cannot help, Seen that it's always going to just not be enough. And I believe that this generation is having a, I can't put my finger on it moment, but there's something quite not right with this world. Hey, that I can't put my finger on it moment. The amount of young people I speak to that go, I don't know what's going on in the world, but there's something not right. There's something not good. We've been failed and let down too many times. And this generation is the one to rise up. They're the ones, man, I really do. You know, and what's starting to happen is there's a lack of confidence and trust in the world. People are starting to realise, man, I can't put my trust in the world. I can't put it in the economy. People used to think, oh, well, I'll put it in a house. Put it in a house. House, house market falls. I'll put it in Wall Street. Wall, Wall Street falls. I'll put it in this. I'll run here, I'll run there, and I'll do everything I can. But the world is not going to satisfy you the world's not going to be the one that, that, that comes through for us. Um, it's going to have to be Jesus. You know, there's such a lack of trust and confidence in the world at the moment that it's, it's easy to believe anything. That's why there's so many conspiracies around. So many conspiracies around. I there's trucklets around. I'll tell you why they're around. Because we're in a stage of, of, of the world where we go, maybe. I oh, hear some radical things being said. You know, that that there's reptile people that live underneath Pizza Hut and, you know, all sorts of crazy stuff in that. And and you sit there, though, and you go, well, maybe? The world's crazy. You know, know, and this is what's starting to happen, is there's a lack of confidence. So people are starting to go, well, I don't know, that sounds crazy, but it could be true. It could be true. Well, one thing around that, though, don't get caught up going down those rabbit holes, you know, because, you, you know, like, this is what I always do. I used to do Bible studies and I used to have these young fellas come to me and we got stuck for three months on dinosaurs, okay? Where the dinosaurs came from, you know, science said this, da-da-da-da-da. And, and, you know, I got hung up on that for months. I found behemoths in the Bible and, You know, when I was going through it all. Then I realised, so what? Why do I need to know? Why am I wasting all this time on the information around dinosaurs? Were they real? Were they, I, God created whatever was created, you know what I mean? And if it doesn't line up with science, then science is wrong. It's as simple as, as it is for me. You know what I mean? But this is what I'm trying to get at here is sometimes we chase these facts and we're trying to find and we get to it and go, well, so what? So what? We all know what's going on in the world. We all know. Even the world knows. That's why it's failing, and everyone's starting to go, oh hang on, something's not quite right here. You know, it talks about in Luke 21, 25, it says that there'll be so much uncertainty around what's coming on in the world that men's hearts will fail them. Now, when I read that, man, as a man, if my heart fails me, man, that's, that's pretty serious. And I was looking at it, the men's heart's failing them. And I looked at it and realized it's when they've put all their trust in everything, they put their trust in, in material things or in other stuff, and it hasn't come through. And it's fallen through. And they can't see a way out. And they're trying to work it out in their own strength rather than God. And then they get overwhelmed. And they just start to, their hearts fail them. And then God says at the end, lift your head. Hey, lift your head up for your salvation is near. You know, we, we live in a world where I feel like a lot of people just go through box tick, uh, Box ticking. You know, they just want to tick a box, you know, oh yeah, we're consciously aware and we're, you know, we're um, politically correct and we're, you know, we're doing all this and we're doing all that without any real substance. You know, it just, a lot of it just seems like appearance, like it's just to, to please the world and to, to tick a box, like I said. But you know, we really need to have it come to life. Ephesians 1.18, I love the scripture. Ephesians one eighteen. it says, Therefore, I also, after I heard of your faith to Lord Jesus, and of your, Oh, sorry, no, actually, I'll seek down to this one. Okay, so I pray that the, Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. So I look at that first. Revelation and knowledge. Do you know that knowledge and wisdom are two totally different things? Knowledge is you know what to do. Wisdom is you do it. And we all know, I know heaps of people that have lots of knowledge around stuff, but they're not applying it in their own life. They're not doing it, so they know what to do, but they're not applying it. It's not wise until you're actually doing it. You know what I mean? Like, I know I should eat better. I even know what to eat to get really, really lean. Pastor Rob, I just don't do it. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Eyes of understanding. This is the bit I want to get. Eyes of understanding enlightened. Eyes of understanding. Man, I remember when I first really, really connected with God. When I very first connected with him, and it was almost like scales were removed from my eyes, like it says in the Bible. I saw things so differently. I saw colors differently. I saw the sky different. I saw saw my life different. I went down the beach and you would have thought it was the first time I'd ever seen it in my life. <laughs> you know? And I lived on the beach. But I was so... Uh, my mind was so... Thin, I couldn't even enjoy that. Eyes of understanding being open. You know, I shared a story earlier in the 9am in the around... Has anyone heard of The Emperor's New Clothes? Hey, the Emperor's New Clothes. I used to love that, that story when I was young. And uh, it's about this emperor and he was very vain. He was very vain. And he loved... Clothes. He liked to wear flash clothes. Okay? So he'd, he'd wear these clothes. Now these thieves, these, uh, these schemers, scammers, they heard about this emperor. And so they went to him, and they went to the village, and they started telling everyone, hey, we've got this really amazing linen. It's the finest in the country. You can't find it anywhere. It's the best, best in the world. It's, it's, it's amazing. And they started telling everyone, but they said, but the thing is, only wise people can see it. Only wise people can see it. If you're dumb, you won't be able to see it. So, of course, pride kicks in, and no one wants to be dumb. So they all jump together and go, oh, look, that's amazing. Wow, look at his, oh, that's the most beautiful linen I've ever seen. Look at his top, look at his jacket. Yet he was naked. He had nothing on. He had nothing on. But does it sound familiar? This is the world. Then they all get together and go, oh, that's amazing. Look, look, look. And they're all pretending like they're wise because I've seen, seen something. And he goes on a parade through the town, and he's naked. Okay, And everyone's like pretending, pretending that he's not naked, pretending that he's got amazing clothes on, pretending like he was so well-dressed. And it took one child, one child that just stood out and went, he's got no clothes on. He's got no clothes on. It took one kid to stand up, to think freely, to think critically, to push back and say no. And that to me, man, like the emperor then, you know, like they they realized, he realized. He realized that he had no clothes on. Now the point of that story is, man, the world's naked at the moment. The world's naked and it's telling us that it's got the best clothes on and it's the most amazing thing in the world and look, we'll do this for you. COVID was a perfect example. You know, like, this is the system of the world that we're working in. And everyone's pretending like the emperor's got amazing clothes on and he's naked, you know? And this is the thing. You know, we're, we're, we're living in it where you've got to be spiritually aware. You've got to be able to think freely. Don't be made to feel funny because you want to question something. There's nothing wrong with that. We have to think freely because God is going to give us so, such different things in the world's going to give us. Yeah. Matthew 24, man. Again, see, again, the, in this one here, Matthew 24. So he was with the, um, the Pharisees before, and they were wanting seeking a sign. Now he's with his disciples, and they're seeking a sign. Everyone wants a sign. You know, he wants a... Let's be honest. When Moses, When Moses freed the people and all the miracles that he did, It didn't matter. It didn't matter. They still questioned them when it came down to it. It wasn't about the sign or the miracle. It was, have you got a revelation in your heart? Have you anchored in God so that no matter what comes at you at life, that you know that God's got you? Have you got a relationship with him where you know that he's got your best, that he's on your side? You know, again, we seek a sign. turns around and he says this. This is what I love about Jesus. Did you notice that Jesus very rarely answered questions? with just a straight answer. He either had a question for you and turned it around on you, or, or he answered a totally different question. And you look at the scripture here, Matthew 24, okay? It says, Now he sat on the Mount of Olives. The disciples came to him, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will the sign of your coming in the end of the age be? You listen to the answer Jesus turned around and gave. And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. Now, that doesn't answer that first question. No. See, see, God's not concerned about what's happening. God's concerned around how we're responding. God's concerned around, are we seeing things right in spite of what's going on in the world? It says take heed. Take heed means to be um, very careful. Pay attention, but really carefully. You know, So it's not just look, it's hey, look really carefully over there. Take heed that no one deceives you. You know, Deception's rife in the world. It's even in the church, but it's especially rife in the world. And, and deception is Satan's main weapon. And that's what he uses. That's his tool. That's his go-to, is to deceive us. Why? Because he wants to put doubt. He wants to make us waver. He wants to undermine us. He wants us to start questioning God. You know, those are the things. It's all deception. You know, and the biggest deception I think that Satan has ever done is that he doesn't exist I know a lot of people that think he's just a cartoon character, you know, think that he's just, ah oh, nah. Or the other deception is this. No, nah, no, nah, the devil's real, but he's cool and he's my mate, you know, and I'm on his side. There's so much deception going on, and that God's the bad guy, and that God's trying to ruin everyone's fun, and God's trying to be controlling. There's a lot of distortion, a lot of deception around in the world. You know, I was deceived too when I first came to church. When I first came to church, I was deceived because I, I, I honestly thought, that only weak people came to church, (laughs) sorry, Um, but I did, I thought that only weak people came to church, and I thought that, um, I just thought to myself, nah, you know, it's for people that can't handle life, and it's this and it's that, and, um, you know, people would say to me, yeah, it's a crutch, it's a crutch, you know, and I look at I don't want a crutch, yet spiritually, I had two broken legs, (laughs) you know, both my legs were broken spiritually, and, you know, I didn't want a crutch. So, the deception for me was that you, you, God, God only wanted weak people. And that's an absolute lie. I mean, some of the strongest people, strongest men I've ever met in my life are Christian men in the church doing the day in, day out stuff. None of this, not this glorious stuff, not this big gangster stuff, not this oh, money lifestyle, living day in and day out as a man of God, raising families looking after marriages, taking care, being involved in the community. That's what I saw when I came to God. And you've got to be strong to do that. I'll tell you right now, faith is the strongest response you can have to anything. And it's going to be the hardest sometimes, but it's the strongest response you can ever have. And, you know, I look back on young Richard then, silly young Richard, oh, silly wayward Richard, Pastor Roman, he was silly. I look back on him now and I go, what I thought was a man was a joke. I was a boy trying to be a man you know, and then I got humbled, and I submitted myself to God, and he taught me what a real man was like, and, and I learned from men in this church, you know, I come in this church, man, I remember coming in this church, and just seeing men, and just being like, wow, wow, this is a good man, this is a cool man, you know, and he's, he's not worried about anything else, he's just, he's just living for God, you know, so yeah, so we can be deceived, and I mean, it starts at the start, Genesis 3, 1, you know, it says this is when the devil. You know how the devil's talking to Eve, and he's trying to get her to bite the apple, and she does. Pastor Peter, no. um, this, we're not going down, No, we're not going down that track. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing, though. It says in there that, the, that Satan was more cunning, more cunning than any beast. Cunning is another word for deceitful. He was more deceitful. And you look in Genesis three straight away. What does he do? He says he starts questioning God. Hey. He starts questioning him. Look at this. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Creating doubt. Eh? Attacking thought life. Sound familiar? Happens to me, man. I'll tell you now. It happens to me. Enemy will come in. Oh, what are you doing that for? What's that, you know? And that's the thing. He, that's his, his key thing is, is to attack our thought life and to use deception and create doubts. See that there? Oh, what? Surely. You can even hear it, eh? Like a real ac- ac- accusing tone to it, you know? Oh, surely God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree. Almost mocking God, you know? And then then in Genesis um, 2, the woman turns around and says, yeah, we can eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it lest you die. You know, even that there, it's almost like he's trying to make out like God's... Uh, it comes across like God's all rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. You know, you hear it all the time, you know. Oh, God, you, you know, I can't do this, and if I'm in God, I can't do that. At the end of the day, God's trying to teach us how to live a successful, blessed life. He's giving us guidelines, you know, and then it's almost like mankind resents it because he's trying to lead us back to the garden, back to where all the goodness is, you know. Um, so anyway, in three, four. Genesis 3, 4, he doubles down again. And he says, the servant said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You know, straight away, he starts to distort the word. He starts to distort it and twist it as if God's withholding something from us, as if God's not enough. And what we've got to realize is our our human nature will never be satisfied. It's, it's, it's through God. That's where we're going to find true satisf, satisfaction. Satisfaction. Yeah. What was I trying to say? I don't know, making up new words. But he tries to distort the word. You know, and that's a thing. That's a thing. There's a lot of deception, and there's going to be a lot of things coming at your mind, and we've got to be really careful with it. You know, it distorts the truth. You know, and the word of God's been distorted and taken out of context heaps. You know, and it, 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 it can be used dangerously. I've seen it. It can be weaponized. Um, It can be taken out of context. But, you know, we've got to know the author. You know, if you want to know anything around what's happening spiritually, you've got to know God. And it says God is not the author of confusion. So there is no doubt. There is no deceit. God is God. Then the Holy Spirit, that's our interpreter. Holy Spirit starts to interpret from God to us. drops it in our spirit, and then it, it sort of... Manifest in our mind and our hearts. And then we all know Jesus, which is the word, living word. It says no man comes to the Father but by me, on the way, the truth, and the life. So, so those are the three combinations that you need. Eh? Otherwise, it can get distorted. But it's even getting distorted around how people are receiving the word of God. I watched this YouTube thing the other day, a guy got arrested for, for preaching. So he was at this protest. So there was a there was a protest on that side. And then he jumped on this side, and he just had a sign, and it just said, God is not the author of confusion. Okay? So he's standing there with a the sign. He got arrested. He got arrested. They come up and say, look, that's offensive. And he said, well, I'm not breaking any rules. And they said, well, you can't say anything. And one of the other protesters, because he said, well, I'm opposing the protest. This is I'm not, I'm not being rude or anything. And then he said, well, you know, one of the guys from the other protest yelled something out. This preacher goes to go God is not the author of confusion He got to author and bang He got tackled and he got arrested And he got, and he got put in jail Okay so, so to me though You know We've got to be careful around, around, around this But the, the fact is The truth will always sound like hate When you hate the truth And there's people out there that hate the truth That are just hating on the truth You know Proverbs 27.6 I love this scripture man I love this, and I don't think enough people do it. It says, Proverbs 27, Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the kisses of a friend. You know, uh, sorry, faithful are the wounds of a friend. See, it takes a real friend to come up and tell you, if, especially if you're deceived. How do you know you're deceived? How do you know you're deceived if you're in deception? You think it's right. So you have to have people in your life that you will listen to. That when they come to you, I've got people in my life, when they come to me and say, that even if I don't see it myself, I'll go, whoa, I better stop and check that. I better check that. And then, you you know, it takes, it takes a lot to do that, you know, because sometimes, you know, usually you're doing it to people you love and you care about, you know. But it has to be said. See, people don't always want to hear the truth, and that's why we've got to get good giving difficult truths in a loving way, Because eh? it is a difficult truth. When I came to God to learn that everything I thought meant something had made me a man, and everything that I'd worked towards for the first 25 years of my life meant nothing. Humbling, man, humbling. You've got you to skittle everything and start from scratch. That's a hard truth to take, that you were wrong. You know, so we've got to be, be you know, wary about this, because at the end of the day, it's not about us being right. You know, sometimes I feel as Christians, we can get pulled into that, I just need to be right here, you know? And sometimes, by wanting to be right, you can do too much damage. Because the, script, the scripture, Proverbs 27, that says, you know, faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. It's like that, you've got to be cruel to be kind, eh? You know that saying, you've got to be cruel to be kind? But the thing is, you've still got to be kind. <laughs> Kind's in there, you know? Like, kind is the key. We can't just be cruel and say, well, I know heaps of people that go, well, I just needed to say that, and that's what I'm saying, you know, good luck with that, Um, because at the end of the day, our motivation has to be right, our motivation has to be love. If I'm not talking to someone around God because I love them and because I want them to know God, then I'm missing it. 1 Corinthians 13 says, I can know everything in the world, I can have all the wisdom, I can be prophetic and I do everything, but if I don't do it in love, it's like a clanging cymbal, you know? And let's be honest, we need God. We need God's grace and mercy to do this because it's it's hard to love that world at the moment. Let's be honest, it's hard to love that world. And it's going to be hard. There's going to be people that are really hard. What we've got to realize, though, is that God accepts everyone. Every single person here belongs here. Every single person has a right to be here. Every single person God loves and wants here. So, yeah, we can't just be right. You know, we've got to say the truth, but we've got to say it in love. You know, because the truth is revealed through the Spirit. You know, in the Scriptures, they seek a a physical sign. You know, it's not going to be through the physical. And if you can't look at the world physically now and go, something's wrong, then you're never going to get the sign. You're never going to get it. But the fact is, the sign is spiritual. So here's the thing. I'm just going to be wrapping up here. You know, truth is revealed, and it's through the Word, by the Holy Spirit, and it's received in faith. Those are the three things we have to do. Those are the first things we have to do. We've got to get into the Word, know the Bible, the Holy Spirit interprets, and we receive it in faith. You know, it's interesting. When I first started reading the Bible, man, I I had no idea. I had no idea. I was just opening pages, just... That's a good one. And then, you know, I found found two scriptures that I really liked. And um, I just kept reading them. I just kept reading them. But if I'm honest, it was just words on paper. It was words on paper for me until I really started to really connect with God. And then the Holy Spirit started showing me things in the book and started revealing things to me, and I started seeing things clearer. And then all of a sudden, it became to life. Then it came to life. Amen? Luke 24, 32, it talks about how... um, when Jesus came back, when he was resurrected in those three days, and he was talking with the disciples, and he started talking around the Scriptures, if you look at the Scripture, it says, did our hearts not burn within us while he talked with us on the road, and while he opened the Scriptures to us? So you can read it on a paper, and it can just be that Logos written word, or you can open up that Scripture, and the Holy Spirit can start interpreting to you. And it changes it. It comes to life. It becomes a rhema. And that's what we need to do. Because at the end of the day, we've got to be the living, living word. We're the ones that, we're the ones that don't, don't need to be freaked out. We're the ones that don't need to worry. We're the ones that don't need to chase every article and what's happening here and what's happening there. We know what the word says. The word says, all these things must happen. See that you are not deceived and see that you are not troubled. Hey, We've got to stay not troubled. You get caught up in the world, man, that's full of troubles. You start reading the news and the media, you're going to be troubled. It's the word that's going to get us through. You know, the truth is God is reaching out. He's reaching out to a lost and dying world. You know, it says in Luke 5, 29, 31, Jesus went with this tax collector and he went and sat and had a, had a feed with him. And in those days, the tax collectors were bad guys. The Pharisees and the Sadducees saw him and said, you know, well, what are you doing eating with him? And Jesus said, um, the physician did not come to heal the healthy, he came to heal the sick. I love that because what we've got to realize, man, is that in that lost and dying world, is there are people who have been through trauma, rejection, hurts, been let down, let down by home, system, failed by society, um, end up addicted, being abused. Have bad mental health, self you know, these are the people, this is what's going on in the world, man, you know, and we've, we've got to be aware of that, and, you know, for me, you know, this scripture here, Isaiah 59, verse 1, I did say 58, This one, but a, a friend corrected me, uh, Isaiah 59, verse 1, and it says, God's ear is not so deaf that it cannot hear, nor his arm too short that he cannot save. God hears every single cry and God is reaching out every single day with his hand and just reaching out to the world. And there's another scripture that says we're ambassadors for Christ as though he was pleading through us. So our arms should be reaching out. Our ears should be listening. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing for us is let's, not be, let's, let's stay on track. Let's not be deceived. You know? It even says in the word that many will come in his name. You know, And that's why this church here Oh, I love this church because it's got a solid foundation on the word, man, from, from start to finish, from top to bottom, left to right. It's, it's got a, a solid foundation in, in the word. So let's not be troubled. We know what's going on in the world. The answers are in, in the Bible. They're, they're not on stuff. They're not in Google. They're in the Bible. And what we need to do is get our faith to a place where we're not moved in spite of what's happening in the world. Because the world needs an anchor at the moment. It needs an anchor to, to say, this is God and this is... Man, I, I love the fact that I've had God to anchor to because it keeps me accountable, it keeps me humble. I keep looking back to it, you know? It's a reference. I can check where I'm at. It's a gauge. It's a season. But the biggest thing is we stay on track. Let's not get caught up in all the dramas. Let's not get worried. Let's stay on the word. Amen. Amen. So, Father God, Lord, I thank you for your truth. I thank you, Father God, Lord, that your word, Lord, is the answer, Lord God. It is the only thing, Father God, Lord. And I thank you that there is an awakening happening at the moment, Lord God, a stirring, Father God, Lord, a stirring in a generation that says, nah, this is not right. There's more to life than this. A generation that has a passion and that is seeking a purpose, Father God, Lord. A a, a generation that feels lost, and just needs to be loved and know that they belong and accepted. it. Lord, we, we thank you, Father God, Lord, that your spirit is, is pouring out over this nation, Father God, Lord. There's something happening, Lord God. And I thank you, Father Lord, that we have been preparing, Lord God. Preparing, Father God, Lord, that we may stand on the truth, Father God, Lord. Stand on your truth and your word, Father God, Lord. See lives change, Father God, Lord. See see eyes opened and enlightened, Father God, Lord. See people healed and delivered, Father God. Set free, Father God. Live the life that you have for them, Lord God. Have the chains broken and be freed, Father God, Lord, from all things that try and hold them down so they can't soar with you, Father. Every weight and every burden, Lord God, you break them, Father God. You break everything, Father God, Lord. You're the one that gives hope. You're the one that brings light in life. You're the one that gives love, Father God, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you right now, Father, Lord. I thank you right now. We can remind ourselves of the power of your spirit, Lord God. Mm. And, Father, we give you all the honor and all the glory, Father, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen.